Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 349 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Megan O'Rourke. Megan lives in Meridian, Idaho, where she is a communications director for the State Career Technical Education Division. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you today. We had quite a conversation before we even started recording about the importance of career technical education. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a PR person, so I've got to jump on every opportunity to talk about what I do. (laughs) Well, you know, I've got 
two boys. People know that if they've been listening for a while. And one of my boys was a perfect fit for the educational system. And the other one, right-brained, creative child, has not been. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a teacher, I know all the ways the system is designed to let some of our kids down. And it's time for a shake-up, maybe. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think people are starting to to wake up to that idea. So that's... The time has come. I hope so. I hope so. We we went through a period of time where it felt like if you didn't encourage a hundred percent of every every child in the classroom to go on college track, that that we were letting them down. And mm-hmm. my own very brilliant second child, he's brilliant. He skipped a grade. He could learn anything he wants to. However, there's that key wants to. Mm-hmm. The educational system is not set up for for kids like him. And he's been floundering. Hopefully he's coming out the other side and figuring it out as a young adult. But <sighs> yeah. I mean, everybody Shake-ups needs training, easy. but a, like yeah. a four-year degree maybe isn't the answer for everybody, and I think that's okay. Yeah, and 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 having that conversation, I think, is very very important because, you know, I knew a four-year degree was not right for for my boy, especially yeah. not right out of high school, and that's yeah. also, mm-hmm. you know, how many people go on that college track and they like just follow the the guidelines, and then they come out with something and they're like, well, I don't know what I want to do. Well, my sister's like that. She has two degrees, one in anthropology and one in Native American studies, and she works in tech support. So it's just like, so why did we take out $70,000 in student loan to do something that we're not working in? Like, okay. That like, is a very important conversation. Yeah. When my when my boy, he's about to turn 24, when he you know, says, oh, I feel like I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, but you have zero debt. You have zero debt. Yeah. So <laughs> you can figure it out and it's going to be a lot more you comfortable. You got time to figure yeah. it out. Exactly. So yep. anyway, well, thank you for allowing me to talk about yes, that. Yes. Thank you for minute. letting me. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast about I it. I know. <laughs> but in the meantime, you know, I'd yeah. like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay. We've got time. So I'm going to go way back. Um, Good. I'm built like my daughter. She's nine and she is just muscle and bone, like just Mm -hmm. tall. I'm six feet tall. I was always tall and thin. I didn't own a scale. My mom was never into dieting. I never had diet brain. I think I was probably naturally between a size four and six growing up. I didn't know how much I weighed until I got my first driver's license when I was 18 and it was 160 pounds, which is totally within your guideline. Right? So it's just like perfect weight. And I think when I moved out on my own, I probably gained a little bit, but again, I never paid attention. Like it was just never something that was on my radar. And I think my ex-husband was kind of my first serious relationship. Then I'm like, Hey, maybe you need to take a little more effort in your appearance, you know? So did um, he say that to you or did you just like get that message? I noticed he's ex. Well, (laughs) yes. Yes. And so I remember like when we first got together, you said, I like the way you're put together. I'm like, oh yeah, like I look great, you know, and I felt really good about myself. And I felt, again, like I was probably within, you know, like a six and an eight, just kind of naturally size. And I didn't pay attention. And I, that stuck with me like, oh, I, I like the way you're put together. Like you look good, right? But so then we were watching some show like several years into a relationship and it was somebody who was kind of chubby. And I heard him say like, I like the way she's put together. And I'm like, you said you like the way that I was put together. And he's like, well, and I'm like, ouch, like, oh. you know, <laughs> yeah, didn't that, that, that didn't, didn't, maybe he didn't mean it to sting, but it did. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I, I just, I never paid attention to it. I think like when we started dating, that's when I started like exercising intentionally rather than just like taking a hike because I liked it. I didn't, are you familiar with the firm? It was like, 
video exercise? workouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. yes. Were, and you did you get them on? Were they on DVD or they was were it DVD. tape? Oh, they okay. were DVD. Yeah, I, um, I feel like I might have had them. But they had like all the the equipment, like the steps and like the yes, stretch bands. All in that my stuff. brain, in my brain, I was thinking step. Yeah, yeah. I think I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then they had like meal plans, and the meal plans were like the world's blandest food. Yeah, and you know, like all the girls are like super happy, like oh, I've got an apple today, like and. You know, and you know, like the meal plan was things like, okay, like, cause I'm taller and I, I weigh more just starting like that. You can have like the 1600 calorie plan. So that means that instead of 15 almonds, you get 20 almonds. So Woo! it was just You're like, living large. Well, I had never, I had never really gotten into counting calories. I'd never gotten into weighing myself. I had never really gotten into that. I, it was when I was in this relationship, then I was suddenly like hyper aware of like how I looked. And to get like super personal, like he was a porn addict. And so that was the only oh. thing that mattered to him. Right. And so it didn't matter like the other things that I was doing that were good and how well that I managed the house and how well that I could balance a checkbook and read a bill and how well that I could um, take care of the kids. Like that didn't matter. So I felt like I had no worth. Right. So I noticed that my weight started going up. And after I had my second child, like I was probably around 220 and six mm-hmm. feet tall. It's not huge, but it's probably like a 10 or a 12. So it's bigger than I had ever been. I didn't. I knew that that wasn't how I was supposed to be, but I knew that I could lose weight if I was like, if I obsessed over calories and if I worked out incessantly. So, you know, like when I was on maternity leave, like the first nap, I would work out. The second nap, I would clean the house. I didn't rest that entire time. Like I just kind of went because I was just like, I felt like so much pressure to be attractive. And I thought if I lost the weight, then I would be worthy of love. And And, you know, I want to circle back to what you said. Um, I, I know it's it's hard to talk about a husband, ex-husband with a, a porn addiction. I have a friend that I met through a, a, um, a group that I'm a part of, health and wellness professionals. That is her specialty. She works with women and couples oh. who have gone through this type of situation. And it, it, it can feel like a real betrayal yeah. to you as a wife. Yep. And it also colors things with, with a, you know, a, a fantasy like – expectation of what mm-hmm. real life really, really is. So For I just sure. wanted to touch on that and let you know that you are not alone. I think this is a a struggle that is is big in so many relationships, but it's one of those things people don't talk about, right? Correct. We don't talk about it because it feels embarrassing. But it you feels like as admit- a woman, you think that there's something wrong with you. And it's like, right. you know, now that I've had space, there's, there's nothing wrong with me. It's a problem exactly. before we even met, right? But it's just like, I felt like I, I would have been enough that he wouldn't have needed that. Resource. Yeah, and that that's her message. My friend's message, her name is Kylie. That is her message that she's she's trying to get out there to both the women and the men who are, are willing to work work together as a couple to get through this type of a situation if you want to. Yeah. Sometimes X is the best for yeah. that, it that works type for of situation. But you know, when we think about all the subtle ways we get messages that we're not good enough. Yes. The porn industry, definitely. For but sure. even, you know, just the magazines, the commercials, the the messages we get subtly our whole lives and just realizing that all the stuff we're comparing ourselves to is all fake stuff. Right. And we we're we're holding ourselves up to an ideal that's not even real. It's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to pop that out there because nothing can make us real women and men feel worse about ourselves than comparing right. ourselves to a fake idea of what we're supposed to be. Yeah. So anyway. And I think like women just in, in general, it's never enough. It doesn't matter if you're right. batting 110, like you've got to 
you have to do more. Like it's always more. Yep. So I never felt like I was enough. And I felt like, oh, he doesn't appreciate me anyway. Or, you know, he likes something put together. So it's like no effort right. is really worth it. Right. So I think I kind of like fluctuated with my weight for probably six years. Um, when mm-hmm. we got divorced, I had the divorce diet, which worked great. That's a super way to lose weight. Like I have a friend that that worked for her too. <laughs> she was so stressed out through the whole process. She just shrank. She wasn't trying. No. Yeah. She just like wasted away in front of us. I had West Nile in 2006 and that was oh, no. literally the best diet ever because it was like, I lost oh, 15 no. pounds in two weeks, but then I couldn't walk for like six weeks, six months. Oh, so um, not recommended. <laughs> not recommended. Divorce, divorce was a better look on me, but, um, and I think afterwards, just kind of getting my life back together, it, what my health really wasn't a priority when I started to get like back on board with tracking calories. And I could always do like, you know, calories and calories out worked for me, but it was yeah. like, I was so hyper aware of it. Like I used lose it. And it wasn't just that I entered the recipes that I used, but it's like, I would take the time to look at like the package of butter that I had and write down the specific calories and fat for that specific brand for the wow. recipes that I would build to, to count that. Like, and my mom, again, she's never been like a dieter. She's never, that's never been something that I saw. And, you know, we will go over to her house and she'd make salmon with like capers and lemon and roasted asparagus and roasted potatoes, like healthy food. Right. But just like, because I didn't know what she was using and I didn't know the quantities that she was using, I wouldn't eat like all day until I would go over there because I was so worried that it would go over my calories. Like that's not normal oh, and that's not healthy, right? Like super, super obsessive. So I mean have I you heard me tell the story of taking a, a microwave dinner over yes, to my for Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. Well it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was it was a it was spaghetti dinner. It wasn't Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It was a family meal though and my stepmother was making spaghetti. And by the way, everybody you might hear thunder in the background. It just I thundered heard it, real yeah. loud. Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're having a thunderstorm. Yay. But um I knew she was making spaghetti, but I was counting calories and I couldn't rely on how much calories were in hers. And I knew she used a lot of cheese and all that. So I brought, it was a Michelina's spaghetti frozen dinner with 220 calories. And the fact that I remember that shows how (laughs) crazy it is to try to live that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, like, again, ebb and flow, like I could always lose the weight. It would maybe be for like three or four weeks. And then I would, I fell off the wagon. And of course, obviously I don't want, I don't want to lose weight enough. Otherwise I could stick with it and I could live like this my whole life. That's what we tell ourselves. Not eat anything, right? Never have pizza again. Like, you know, and again, we internalize it. Like it's our fault that we failed. Like I wasn't enough. Like I I couldn't do this. I didn't have the willpower to make this happen and make this stick. That was a good roll of thunder there. (laughs) Woo. It's a big one. We had such a big storm last night that the power went out and um, we didn't even lose power after Hurricane Ian. So, oh, wow. It was a big (laughs) one. I've never seen the power go out here because a lot of our power lines are underground. Anyway. Um, here at the so, coast. so yeah, you're, we do feel like we're not enough and that yeah. we're not trying hard enough, but that's the sad thing is we're trying so hard. Like we're not meant to have to try that hard. That is the no. message that I, I want to get across. Yeah. Yeah. So I got divorced in 2017. In 2020, I had, it was, the weight was coming off again. I was like about 185 pounds and the day was January 15th of 2020. And I was walking into work doing absolutely nothing cool. And I slipped in the parking lot and I broke my ankle and I shattered oh, it. No. It was trimalilo. So it was oh. like in three parts. One of them was like in 10 pieces. Um, so this was right before COVID happened. Right. Like right when things shut down is when I was starting PT. Like I couldn't oh. drive my car. I was, I probably couldn't walk for about four months. Um, oh, like wow. my, my parents would come over and cook dinner. Like I had a cleaning lady at the time, bless her, who would clean. Was it like, icy? Was it, did you slip on like ice? It was or ice. Snow? It was nothing cool. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't know how that could have happened. That like, Well, you, the ice is tricky. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. I had no idea like that it would be, and I'd never broke anything before. And especially uh-huh. like with your ankle, I had no idea how long that it would take to recover. Right. So pandemic happens. I switched jobs in August of 2020. Um, so in that new job, which, which is where I currently am, I had a coworker and she was kind of dealing with some of those struggles because we're all women, right? Like we, we don't yeah. like our bodies. We don't like our weight. We're not happy with where we're at. We think there's something wrong with us. We're always nitpicking ourselves. So she tells me that she's doing intermittent fasting and she tells me about it. And she's like, yeah, I'm basically just not, you know, I don't eat lunch until, you know, one or two. Then I have dinner and I don't keep track of things. And I'm like, that sounds like an eating disorder. And so she says, <laughs> she says, please don't talk to me until you read this book. Oh, so she I love gave her. me, yes. <laughs> And she's so good about like saying what she wants and needs. And she's just like, just, I'm not going to talk to somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. So she gave me a copy of your book, Feast Fast Repeat. Which one? Fast Feast Fast Repeat. Yeah. Yes. And so that was like in November, Thanksgiving happens right after Thanksgiving, I had COVID. So like back then oh. they were telling people like the 10 day isolation. So the first right. three or four days I'm on my deathbed. My kids are like spending time between my parents and my ex. So I didn't have to take care of anybody for 10 days. So then like the last six days that I was waiting out, like the quarantine period, I I read six books during that period and one of them was yours. And so, you know, it's like, man, just start with skipping breakfast. I'm like, I'm not hungry anyway. I'm sick. So I'm just going to give it a whirl and see where it goes. And can I backtrack just a little bit yeah, to yeah, yeah. your your friend's strategy of, yes. of saying, don't talk to me again until yes. you've read this. This is – I want everyone to hear this far and wide because you don't owe anyone an explanation. If somebody replies to you like Megan, oh, that sounds like an eating disorder, just say, <laughs> all right, I'm not going to talk about it with you again until mm-hmm. you read this book. If you don't want to yep. read it, no big deal. Right. I'd be happy to discuss it with you after you read it. Then we'll talk. And that's yeah. it. Conversation over. Put up yeah. your boundary. We don't have to convince anybody of anything. Right. That's freeing once you realize that. Yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And so like, and again, I think with your teaching background, and again, I work with teachers, my parents were teachers, like you just have a way of explaining things in a really accessible way. So it's just like, well, I got you. it. This made sense. Yeah. So I, I'm a rule follower. Like I followed the rules. I did the 28 day fast start. I didn't weigh myself. I just, you know, I think my window initially was probably like noon to six. So it wasn't like a really, you know, big window, but it was like, I felt like I was, I was full within that period. So 28 day fast start ends. I weigh myself. I'd lost two pounds, you know, but it's like the point really isn't to lose weight during that period. It's just to acclimate. Right. So we always do like movie night on Friday. So we order pizza and we have popcorn. So, and it used to be that I was so worried about like, you know, how many calories were in the pizza and we should get thin crust and then a thick crust and just like, you know, maybe we can not have the, the sausage on it because it's, you know, nope, I'm going to order what I'm going to order and I'm going to enjoy it and it's going to be great. And then we have popcorn. Hey, let's have a second bowl because it's super great and good. And then the next day I get on the scale and I'm totally expecting to go up and I had lost weight. So I'm like, I will do oh, this okay. forever. Like, it's just like <sighs> that I could have, I'm not kidding, Jen. Like, it was like, it was almost instantaneously overnight that like that morality around food, good food, bad food. I was good. I was bad. It almost disappeared overnight because it's just like, if I can eat what I want to eat eat and I can enjoy my food because food is one of the greatest pleasures of life. I will do this forever. And it's like, and really like, it was just like, just that freedom and just Mm -hmm. the guilt that just kind of disappeared. That's worth the price of admission. Like that is, ugh. Thank you. Well, I mean, I get it. I totally get it because all those years of the dieting and the trying mm-hmm. to control and the macro counting, uh, no, <laughs> the calories, uh. Yeah. So like I, I was in Spain for 10 days and it's like, oh, it fantastic. Happiest place that I've ever been. The food there was unbelievable. Absolutely oh. incredible. So one of the girls who was on the tour that I was with, she was like a, a weightlifter. And so she was like really worried about her, you know, her macros and her carbs and her proteins. And stuff. I'm like, I'm going to eat all the things. And it's like, so there'd be like seven or eight of us who would go out to dinner. Everybody would order something different. We were all like eating each other's food. And it was just like, it felt so good to just be like, Yes. Like I'm going to enjoy this because this is an experience that I've wanted for a long time and I don't feel guilty about it. Like I don't feel like bad the next day that I ate all the things because all the things were delicious. Like, and so that just being able to enjoy food without guilt is the biggest like non-scale victory. I know what gets that, but it's like that. Well, yeah. it, it really, really is. And only someone who's dieted for so long can totally get it. You know, Chad doesn't understand that at all. He's, yeah. he's, not, he's not, none of that, but <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't get it. But having to feel like you are just white knuckling it through every single meal of your life. Again, I said it earlier, yeah. this is not how we're supposed to live. No. It's not how we're meant to be. Food is meant to be pleasure. We're meant to enjoy it. We're not meant to eat all day long. We're not meant to stuff ourselves till we feel uncomfortably full. Yeah. But we're meant to feel satisfied. Absolutely. And I think like that was another thing that changed is like as soon as I was fasting, it was like I'm not doing low fat anymore. 
And, you know, so like I remember having sour cream, real sour cream, full fat sour cream instead of like the third fat reduced, whatever, you know, it was like, this is sour cream. This is what it tastes like. Uh It was so good. And every time I have sour cream, I'm like, it's so good. Like I never liked it before because it was just like, ugh. You know, and it's just that fake stuff. Yeah, Yeah. like real food. And, you know, also like the diet food where it's like hyper palatable and hyper processed. Uh And I know that you said that before. It's like, okay, we like the packaged foods when we're dieting because it's easy to calculate what we're having. But it's like, I don't think that our bodies are meant to have Franken food. They're like, what did you send down? What is this and what am I supposed to do with it? Right. And so I think like you will enjoy your food and you will find it more satisfying when you eat real stuff as minimally processed as possible. Like that makes such a difference. It's so true. And, you know, I was reading Ultra Processed People recently because it just came out. And he talked about bread in there. And, you know, bread is Mm. one of those things that makes people feel so guilty. Like sometimes even people that are working their way through intermittent fasting will still feel guilty about bread. They'll say something like, well, I do really still like bread. I'm like, you're allowed to like bread. But I got some sourdough bread from the local farmer's market a few weeks ago. And it was so chewy. It like hurt my jaw. It was so Mm -hmm. chewy. But that's how like real bread that's made in like an artisan way. I bet the bread in Spain was so crusty, wasn't it? Oh, well, like the food there is just incredible. And so like our tour guide was from Spain and he's just like, if a, if a restaurant isn't top notch, it goes out of business. And so everything, oh, you know, mm-hmm. seafood is fresh every day. Like everything is Everybody's fresh every a day. food snob. Everybody's a food snob there. What was, who was the author of that? Ultra processed people? Ultra processed people. I can't remember. He's from the UK. I can't okay. remember the name of it, but ultra processed people, it is really, really good yeah. because, you know, the more we're learning, I remember a conversation from maybe, gosh, it was early on. It might've been around 2017. It might have been right after I'd written Feast Without Fear, which is my second self-published book that I I don't talk about as much. But someone – I was having a conversation with someone about processed food because that was the Mm. only terminology we used to have, processed food. And they're like, well, I don't understand, you know, why is a potato chip worse than oven-roasted potatoes because it's the same ingredients. It's oil. It's – Potato, Potato, what's the difference? I'm like, well, I can't really answer that. At that time, I couldn't, but now I can. But it has to do with the hyper palatability Mm -hmm. of the crunchy, thin chip and those oils versus the – it's all about what your brain perceives, what your stomach perceives, how it goes through your stomach, what happens in your intestines. So complicated. I love that we're figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, like going back to bread, like um, since I've gotten divorced, I've gone to Europe at least once or twice a year. And a lot of people who are celiac or they Mm -hmm. have like problems with gluten, they – can eat bread over there because the wheat is different. Or I remember like reading My Life in France by Julia Child and she kind of had to adjust all of her recipes when she got back to the U.S. because our food sources were so different. And that was, you know, Mm -hmm. 50, 60, 70. So things have only gotten worse since then. But, you know, like we are growing things for volume. Like we are growing things so that it's fast and we can process things. And um, I think you had a, I think it was actually in your podcast, one of your guests from Australia said that like the boxed Foods are really expensive there because they're not subsidized. You know, like the that wheat so and the corn. True. That's crazy, right? But uh-huh. it's just like let's discourage people from eating what they shouldn't be eating. I had a whole conversation with Chad about that recently, where I was like talking about how mad I am about that because really that is. See, my my dad is having some health issues, and mm-hmm. he's just always been. He, you know, we we love our parents, and we see he, my dad's always been a processed food lover, and that's just the way he he grew up and the way he is. But it, it makes you mad because those foods are so readily available, and they're mm-hmm. cheap, cheap, and we're paying for them. Yeah. We are paying for it with the subsidies, and mm-hmm. so 
that makes me mad. Like, I'm really, really mad that those cheap, easily available foods, we are the reason they're cheap because we're paying for the subsidies for those cheap, cheap ingredients. Anyway. Um, And do you remember uh, the biggest loser, like Jillian Michaels? I remember she said something one time, not that I agree with everything that she says, but she had said something like the stuff that's like highly processed. Think about it as being partially digested. That's right. <laughs> it's but true. It's like, it and is, so, right? So it's like it's been processed mm-hmm. to a point. So hyper palatable means that it's easy to eat, right? And it's yeah. easy to eat because we've processed it to a point where it's like your body doesn't have to do much. And I know you've talked before about like nutrient density versus like calories. Like our bodies need yeah. nutrients, not calories, right? So like you can eat a bag of potato chips, lots of calories, but there's not that satiety and there's not that right. satisfaction because there's no nutrition in it, right? And also it's been – you've it's partially digested by the time that you actually start digesting it. So your body's like, okay, I blew through that. What what are you going to send down next? Yep. You know? And that also affects, you know, calories in, calories out. We think of calories out as only like your physical activity and yeah. going to the gym or your walking. But calories out is also the amount of energy your body has to use to process whatever right. you're eating. And those hyperpalatable foods that are partially digested, your body has to do zero work. If you right. drink a protein shake... I've, you mm-hmm. know, there are people who love protein shakes. The whole idea that we must force protein is is kind of a new one. But if you're drinking a protein shake, you think you're doing something great for your body because yeah. you're getting more protein. You read you needed more protein. Probably the people who made the protein shake right. <laughs> funded those studies on why exactly. you need so much more protein. <clears throat> but your body has to do zero work. Yeah. You've just put in pre-digested protein, basically. Your body can just use it and then boom. Whereas if you ate a steak... Mm-hmm. Your body has to do a lot of work. I talked yeah. about it, it might have been in Cleanish or it could have been Fast Feast Repeat. I can't remember in one of those books the difference between how your body has to process a steak versus even just ground beef. Yeah. If you grind up the beef and have ground beef, your body has to do less work. Yep. So yep. calories in, calories out, many, many flaws. <laughs> there is. And it's just like it's crazy to me how many people are still in that mentality. You know, or that's, that's the only way that they feel that they can live. Or, you know, I think, mm-hmm. so I didn't, I think calorie restriction was kind of the way that I rolled until I found intermittent fasting, but I did dabble with like Weight Watchers and with keto. Right. And I loved keto because I've never met a charcuterie plate I didn't love. Like fat and cheese, let's do this all day. <laughs> Ditto. Like, great. But here's the deal is that like, if I wanted to have a glass of wine, I could say like, I could be like protein fat all day, but it's like that glass of wine is all your carbs basically. And then if I had two glasses of wine, I'm out of ketosis. So then you're like in keto flu for three or four days before you get back into it. So like when I was in ketosis, it was great, but getting there awful. And it's just like not flexible. Plus you're just, you're so micromanaging everything. And it's just like, I don't, we're not supposed to live that way. Our brains aren't calculators. Like you can be aware of so many other things in the world if you're not focusing on like your macros, right? I'm going to just tell you one of the worst hangovers I remember having in my entire life (laughs) was when I was trying to do keto one time. This is before intermittent fasting. This is maybe around 2012 when I was still struggling so much. I don't remember what year was exactly. It was a few years before intermittent fasting, but I kept trying low carb over and over, even though it never worked. But I was at a conference with a friend and I was low carb and we went out Mm. to dinner and I had a low carb meal. It was like a burger with lettuce wrap or something. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, no bread. I had no bread, but I drank maybe three glasses of wine because we were out. But I was low carb. I think I might have had a salad with low carb dressing and then like a a piece of meat. Like I said, I had such a terrible hangover the next day because something about the alcohol without having the carbs with it affected my body so terribly. 
I remember I couldn't go to the conference the next day and I like ordered like a real burger and fries to my hotel room because I was like, I got to have, that was the end of my low carb diet that time. Yeah. (laughs) So this is like, okay, I'm not a science doctor. I'm not a science doctor. Right. But I think that's the other thing is like when people go low carb, like the people who are successful at it, it's not the people who are having like the Atkins bar. It's the people who are having like real unprocessed food. Like if you're having like broccoli, like it's because you're not eating the processed stuff. And that's the point, like with low carb is that you're supposed to be eating food, real carbs that like your body knows what to do with instead of like something that is basically plastic. <laughs> like That is yeah. exactly true. And, yeah. you know, I was talking about my dad and, and the processed foods, you know, my, I was, I went and visited them last week and um, I was talking to my stepmother about, I'm like, well, you know, what? I, I just wish he would try fasting, but mm-hmm. he's not at the point where he wants to do that. But she's like, well, he tried keto. He tried this. He tried that. I guarantee his his trying keto was buying keto products. Yes. Like they now have keto bread and keto yogurt and right. keto. That is not, that's not, that's just the same, the yep. other side of the same coin and real food for the win. Absolutely. Yeah. And then like I did uh, Weight Watchers briefly, they had it at work. And the thing that was kind of suspect to me about it, because they're like, it's based on science. It's based on science. Here are your points. And they give everybody points. And again, I'm six feet tall. Other people were shorter and maybe a little bit heavier, but it's like, but we all have 23 points that we're working with here. So I'm like, I don't quite know about that. Cause it's just like, I know like my mom is like five, six and right. she can have a glass of wine and she's good to go. And I have a glass of wine and I'm just warming up. Like it probably takes right. two for me to feel like a little bit. Right. Cause I, there's more of me. There's just more, mm-hmm. you know, like some Somebody yeah. can have a six ounce steak and they're great. And it's just like, I probably have to have an eight ounce steak to feel full. Like there's just more of me. So it's yep. like with, and again, what satisfies me? Fat and salt, like for the one. Fat always. and salt satisfy you? Absolutely. And then like with, with Weight Watchers, it was just like, if you have, and I don't remember what it was, but um, you know, like butter is like five points. And so it's like, if you have butter twice, half your points are gone. So it's like, that's it. You can have unlimited fruits and vegetables, which is great. And I love fruits and vegetables, but not having that fat, I was never satisfied. I was yeah, hungry that makes sense. all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. So it's just like to find something that I can enjoy what I want without having those little mental issues, without having morality around food and be actually satisfied and enjoy it is everything. It really, really is. For me, I have learned the thing that makes me satisfied literally is beans. That sounds crazy. That. No. The more beans I eat, the more I'm like stuffed. Yeah. Stuffed. Well, they are. They're super filling and it's the fiber, yeah. right? And so like yeah, a lot of those is. like hyper, you know, processed things, there's not any fiber in it. So like you can have a protein bar, but it's probably not going to satisfy you because there's oh, zero gosh, fiber, no. right? Like, or a protein shake, like I said. Right. And it's just going to go, it's just, it, those things are just going to go straight through you. The more fiber I eat... Like if I start with hummus or, you know, quartz or quartz or beans or beans and rice, I made a big pot of, I made some rice the other, I was just craving this. I made some white rice. I know white rice is not like, you know, whatever, but (laughs) it's a more processed (laughs) rice, but white rice, it works really well for me. And black beans, either kidney or pinto beans, I can't remember, plus some organic corn. And I just made a little burrito bowl. Well, it is. I made. Yeah. I, I, it made a ton, so I yeah. made that and I stuck it in the fridge. And so then I'm pulling it out and topping it with an avocado mm, and some pico de gallo. Yes, yeah, yes, please, and plenty of salt to make yep. it taste delicious. But yep. that, I if I open with that, like I am like so satisfied for hours. I'm like Chad. I'm not going to make dinner till a little later tonight because I'm still not hungry yet. But I mean, yeah. he needs dinner, and then I'll I'll give myself like a little bit of the dinner because I'm don't need the whole serving. So yeah. And I I noticed that I fill up faster. I don't need as much food. 
to get to yep. satiety. And like, I'd say now my window is probably, I open it at two and I probably close it around six or seven. So probably about a five yep. hour window. Right. But you know, when I was traveling in Spain is very different. Like people they start so having late. lunch. The, oh, it's great. But so like two is probably when they start to have lunch. So that was great. And then we'd go out for dinner at 10 and maybe be done around 11 or midnight. So it was longer when I was there, but it still felt good to me because I wasn't having that in the morning. And then like the week that I got back, which was last week, we had a conference at work. And so then it was just like, you know, you have snack snack hour at nine and then you've got, you know, lunch at noon. And then we have like a dinner situation at like six and eating all day. I was exhausted. Like, it's just like, you so you so did do that at the little. conference? You tried I didn't it? Do, I didn't do the snack, but I did like lunch okay. at noon and then like oh. five, you know, like when they had dinner and it was just like so sluggish. I did not feel good. I could not wait to get back to like my regular routine. It was just like, I just, we need to get back into this. I, that See, does I've, not work Yeah, I've me. done conferences both ways. And I remember I was in Arizona for a conference. It was, this was either last October or the October before that because I went to it both times. But I remember thinking, well, the time difference, it's really, yeah. you know, everybody's eating lunch. It's really three o'clock to me or whatever. I can't remember the time, two or three hours, whatever it was. But it's really, you know, time. I could open my window. I'm going to go ahead. And then I was sluggish the whole rest of the I know. And you feel I'm awful. like, why'd I do that? Because <laughs> I'm not used to feeling that way. Like I remember, yeah. you know, when I first got divorced and my kids were really little, like my, my daughter was almost three and my son was 15 months old. And so putting them to bed at night, I was just like, oh my God, so exhausted. And I'd be reading to them and I'm like, I can fall asleep mid-sentence. And now it's like, sometimes I have to take sleeping pills at 10 o'clock because I'm still wired. I could still go. Like I have energy all day. Like it's, I don't have that slump ever. I don't have that two or 3 PM slump. Like I don't need coffee in the afternoon. I'm good to go. And then the next day after my lunch, that I, the, the next day, I can remember sitting at the table with people and not eating, and they were so, like, perplexed and alarmed. And they know I'm the intermittent fasting person, you know, right. we're all known for whatever our thing yeah. is. And and they're like, you're really not going to eat? I'm like, I'm not kidding that I do intermittent fasting yeah. every day. I shouldn't have eaten yesterday. I know. I and it's just so like, and it, good. Was, and it wasn't good anyway. So it's like, I probably yeah. just should have waited until I got home or, you know, like picked up Panera or whatever. Um, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. It's no sacrifice. They were all like very no. worried. And the food looked good. It was good quality food because the person who puts the event on is very, very particular you know, everything is, you know, meets the highest standards of food quality. It's not that yeah. the food wasn't window worthy or amazing quality food. It's just I wouldn't feel as good. So no. I just fasted. Yeah. Yep. I was at a table one day. It was like we had the lunches based on our genre or whatever we did. And I was sitting at the I think they grouped fasting and keto together for whatever reason, I guess, because we get into ketosis. ketosis but yeah. <laughs> I'm at the table and I'm the only person who wasn't eating. And mm-hmm. it was really funny. Because I was not eating and everybody else was. Anyhow, um, it is very interesting to watch people at a conference, but I didn't need the snacks in the afternoon to keep my eyes open. Nope. Or the coffee. Nope. So have your tastes in food changed at all? I know that you've allowed yourself to have no guilt and that's opened up the world of food. Yeah. But has what you like changed? I think I've always eaten everything. Everything agrees Mm -hmm. with me. But I think my desire for junk food has pretty much evaporated. Like it's, I, you know, I would crave fries or I would crave a burger and it's so rare that I have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I remember like when I was married, I would eat a whole like medium pizza by myself. And so now when we have pizza night with the kids, it's like, we get a salad, we get pasta, we get a pizza and the three of us split it. Yeah. So I, it's just like too, too much of grease or too much of fat. I'm just like, I can't handle that anymore. And you've talked about this one too. So I think we're going to share this little, you can see my sad little 
Oh, wine. you got one, one bottle of wine it's, on a wine it's, rack. It's sherry, and I use it for cooking. Oh. Like Uh-oh. I think, and again, like pandemic, this isn't yep. great, but I probably had a bottle of wine every night during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized when I started fasting that it doesn't agree with me. And like, if I, if I have more than two glasses of wine, I don't sleep well. And I'm 41 years old. So I just sleep is more important than getting a bus. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, well, re- it took me five years to finally get to that <laughs> point, but I, I don't drink anymore. So it's just, you know, on occasion, great. And like the wine yeah. is different in Europe, like lower alcohol content, mm-hmm. like with dry farm wines, kind of, you know, yep. more that style of wine. So you have more and you have it over a longer period of time, but nobody's really you know, out of control or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't drink as much anymore just because it doesn't agree with me. I, I'd rather sleep or I'd wake up and I'd be hot and it's just not worth that anymore. Oh, so, so those, hot. And like pounding, oh. my, my heart would be pounding, even from like just a glass of wine. Yeah. Not it, even a lot. My body doesn't process it well, which I know genetically yeah. is true for me. I am a slow alcohol metabolizer. It's It really backs up in my body and not in a good way. Right. And so I think like being aware of like, okay, if yeah. I eat this or if I do have that occasional burger, I'm like, eh, I don't really feel super great about that. So I think like being aware of how my body is affected by food it has really changed. And then I think just having less processed food in its natural state or full fat foods, it's more satisfying now. So yeah, definitely my palate has changed. I think, and, and again, that guilt has gone away. That's the best thing. And when you lose the guilt and the morality around the food, Like I might choose to not have ice cream, but it's not because the ice cream is bad. It's just like, oh, I don't really want to eat that. It'll probably keep me awake. I won't sleep as well. I'm not going to have that. Right. And again, sometimes it's it's great. That's what the doctor ordered and it tastes great Uh and I enjoy it. But it's just like, I know that, okay, if I do this, then this is going to be the consequence. Is it worth it? Most of the time not, but sometimes it is. (laughs) Yeah. And you enjoy it guilt-free when you have it. There's no guilt. And even if you have like a month where you eat you know, exuberantly for the entire month and then your honesty pants are tight. There's still no guilt. You're like, all right, I know what happened. I know why. I got the tools. Yep. Time to stop buying ice cream for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we haven't talked about what your weight did. Yeah. So when so, you started, you, it was... Um, so it was 185 uh, right before I broke my ankle. And then I was probably up to about 200 afterwards because I wasn't, you know, losing... I wasn't walking or doing anything physical. Right. But um, now I'm like 170. So I said that I would email mm-hmm. you when I lost 30 pounds. <laughs> and I did. I think that was me. Yay! <clears throat> I don't know what happened to my voice. Um, so not a huge drop. And again, that was in, from November of 2020. And we're recording this in August of 2023. So yeah. nobody's going to buy that magazine that says like lose a quarter pound a week. You know, but it's right. like I kept it off. Yeah. I didn't measure anything. I enjoyed myself the whole time. So I'm cool with that. And it, like, again, that guideline, mm-hmm. 100 pounds for the first five feet and then five pounds for each additional inch. 160 is ideal. I think, is, it, is it five pounds? Yeah, it is five pounds. So 160 yeah. is ideal. Would be ideal. That's mm-hmm. kind of the goal. But I think that's another thing that really changed is this concept of instead of a goal weight or a goal size is having a goal body. And Love so I it. think about like, um, there's nothing in this body that I that I want to do that I can't do, you know? And so yeah. like size wise, I think I started at like an eight, 10 and now I'm a six. So again, not a huge drop, but I'm six feet tall and I'm a size six and I feel good about that. Um, and just like on Sunday, I decided that I was going to do the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is like in, uh, France, Switzerland and Italy. It's around like the biggest oh, wow. peak and it's like a hundred miles and people are like, yeah, it's super easy. And I read a blog and she's just like, I failed twice and it's got like 3000 <laughs> feet gain. It's like, maybe I should train for this. So I haven't been like on a hike for Ever. I'm not kidding. Like probably over a year. So I just did this little five mile loop and it said it was going to take like two and a half hours. It has like 700 feet of elevation gain. And I, I just went by myself 
And I went at my own pace. I didn't stop a single time. I was in the fasted state when I did this. Love it. And I did it in an hour and 20 minutes. So it's like, yeah, like, so I'm like, I'm in really good shape. I feel really good. There's nothing that I am restricted by doing in this body. It's getting me where I need to go. If I don't lose another pound, I feel like I look great. And more importantly, I feel great. And it's like, again, we talked about that, just feeling like you're never enough. I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm all set. Like I love myself. I love my body. I'm so proud of what it's been able to do. And I'm just like, I'm in awe of like how I've been able to heal. Like I came back from a really bad ankle injury and Mm -hmm. you know, that yo-yo dieting, the fact that it's like at least over the last two years, it hasn't been substantial, but it's been going in the right direction, right? I'm right. good with that. I'm all set. Well, I think you, you also mentioned that you um, you said at the very beginning that your your nine-year-old is all muscle and bone yeah. Yeah. and you're built, y'all are built the same way. Yeah. So that is where those formulas and the BMI and all of yeah. that, that's where they really fall short is because it doesn't take your composition. Yes. You, you could be you know, you're you're 170. Mm-hmm. You could have a different body composition and be 160 and actually have more fat on your body than you do at 170. So at 170, you can. That. Oh, good. So, like someone could be leaner at yes. 170 than at 160. Yeah. So I've been a size six for about a year now. And mm-hmm. when I got married, my wedding dress was a size six and I was 156 pounds. Isn't it funny how we have those numbers that stick yes. in our head, right? So size six, uh, 156 pounds. Technically I'm about, you know, 14 pounds heavier than I was then, but I'm the same size and I feel like I'm leaner. And it like, yeah. right before I got married, we did like, we were vegan and we cut out coffee and it was awful. Like, cause it was just like, <laughs> I was never satisfied. I was hangry all the time. Right. And so it's yeah. just like, now I'm like, I eat all the things and I'm so happy. So. I love that. I love yeah. that so much. And do you still have that dress? Oh no, I sold that on eBay. Okay. Well, I, I was, <laughs> I was, was going to say if you have it, you should put it on and see because you know when I got married, I can't remember exactly. It was but before I was really hyper obsessed with my weight. I was a little on the chubbier side, yeah. and um, my wedding dress. I mean, I was, I was. I was comfortably squishy. It's yeah. a lot squishier than I am now, but it was 1991. And I, I put that dress on now. I still have it. And it is so, it hangs, especially in my upper body. It hangs yeah. on me. Yeah. And, you know, the si- sizing is different. I can't remember. It might have been a size 12. I mm-hmm. don't know, but it probably would be an eight in today's world. I'm not sure what yeah. it would be, maybe a six. Who knows? But just putting that on was like, wow. Because I was 21 when I got married, and I, yeah. my body is completely different now in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like you're just more forgiving about your body, you know? That's true. Yeah. Although, you know, my, my thighs are definitely squishy <laughs> saggier <laughs> after menopause. But it's like, well, that's what it is. That's yeah. how I look. No big deal. <laughs> but I love that. I love that you feel good in your body. You feel yeah. comfortable with it. And you've released the the idea of like what, what it should be or what it must be. And I think, again, going back to like what women think they need to look like and how they think they need to be, I think, and it was something that I picked up from your podcast was just like, what do you want to do in your body that you can't do? Right. And so it's just like, you know, I have friends who are just like, I wish that I could go to yoga class, you know, and not be embarrassed, you know, like just go. I taught yoga for seven years. I'm like, just go. You need to do that anyway. But like, what do you want to do? Is it run around with your kids? Is it to go on a big vacation? Is it to be able to like walk upstairs without getting winded? What do you want to do? And that should really be your measure because it's just like, I think we think if we get to that ideal weight, then then we're going to be happy. Or I know that you've, yeah. you've said before, is like, you know, like I'll get healthy and then I'll lose the weight, but it's like, nope, you got to lose the weight and then you get healthy. Right. You know? So it's like, think about 
instead of that ideal size and that ideal weight, what is it that you want to do and how do you want your life to be different than how it currently yeah. is? And that's really, mm-hmm. that's more motivating than being, you know, your high school weight for your reunion or a certain size for your wedding, you know? This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yep. And we can get so caught up in a number. That's why I threw my scale away because after I hadn't weighed for a year, I'd been maintaining. I'd actually gone down two sizes in jeans. A lot of people know my story if they've been following me for a while. But I had a number in my head that I thought I would Mm -hmm. see. I'm like, oh, well, I'm two sizes smaller. I've definitely lost weight. I'm probably 10 pounds lower. Let me see what the scale says. Scale did not tell me what I wanted to see. I got angry at the scale. That was so dumb. And then I was like, why did I need to see a number that was meaningless when I'm fitting in, you know, I'd bought some size zero jeans. Who cares what the number says on the scale? And that's when it went in the garbage. Yeah. And and that was the – I mean, not everybody needs to throw their scale in the garbage. And some people – do better with the scale and they they can't rely on honesty pants like I do and they need some sort of scale feedback because we're all different. If you're somebody sure. who needs the scale feedback and it is meaningful to you and you don't play diet games in your brain like I did with the scale number, then then keep weighing. But for me, that that's gone. And also it's ju- that's just a number, right? You know, like if I yeah. said that my business made a million dollars last year, would you think I was doing good or bad? It all depends. Right. It's a number. Like, is that more <laughs> right. or less than last year? Like, you know, right. what were your profits and losses? Like, how much were your exactly. expenses? Like, that's just a number. It doesn't tell you everything that's going on. Or, you know, like, my mom is probably one of the only people I've evangelized to has, who's stuck with it. And she's like, you know, I've only lost five pounds. She's like, but I don't have, like, the muffin top. And she's, like, 73. So she's doing great. Aww. You know, like, I'll come home and she's jumping on the tramp with my kids. So she's living Love her best that. life. But, yeah, it's like, 
do you feel better? Yeah. And she has um, rheumatoid arthritis. So like she's in remission with that. She's doing great. And she's very active and she's very fit. And, you know, she's like, my, my pants feel better. Like, you know, it's like, it's five pounds. Like you're, you didn't gain five pounds and you've noticed like that things have changed. So like, Mm -hmm. maybe that isn't a really good gauge of how this is working for you. And you also don't know. Yeah. So I think like it's just a number. It's just information. Don't put so much weight on it literally and figuratively. I I love that so much. And that really, you know, my message probably has morphed over the years as I've gotten older and maybe wiser. I don't know. But I know we we want to lose excess fat if we are carrying around a lot of excess fat. But we also want to feel good in our bodies. And, you know, you mentioned having a goal body. I also think we need a goal lifestyle. Absolutely. You need to live in a way that feels good. And you find that balance. I could be skinnier. I noticed I'm using quotation marks. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time back in the early 90s when I weighed uh, like 118 pounds. It was in my low fat days. That was the, the lowest weight I ever saw on the scale that I remember after going through puberty. It was that 118. Mm-hmm. But I was like restricting so much. That was yeah. definitely not a goal lifestyle. That I mean, I could get there again Sure. if I restricted. I don't ever want to get there I don't again. Want, Nope, I don't either because that is not the lifestyle I want. So when you're deciding how do you want to live, you have to design a goal lifestyle that you can do that feels good. Yes. And so like, I know that you always ask about like non-scale victories or like what advice we have, but I think like the biggest piece of advice is don't do a single thing to lose the weight that you are not willing to do to maintain it. So like, you know, when I think about, again, I could always lose weight if I was tracking calories and being incessant about putting in the recipes slash the ingredients, like in going so microcosmic on things. But did I want to do that? No. And that's why I would fall off the wagon after a couple of weeks. You know, like don't do anything that you don't want to do long term. Yeah. And that's where intermittent fasting comes in so beautifully. It's not something you do for a little while, then you stop doing. It's a lifestyle and you're going to feel so much better. And it's so good for our bodies, like brushing your teeth. You don't stop brushing your teeth. You do it every day, the same yeah. fasting. We yeah. just keep doing it. So tell us some of your non-scale victories. Okay. I've had to keep a list as they've gone by. I love and like that. sometimes when I listen to things like on your podcast, I'm like, oh, that's weird. But okay. So we're gonna go tops to bots. <laughs> so I'm I like in. the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> so um the first place that I went gray was at my temples. And you can see yeah. that it's turning black again. Wow. So like my hair see, that's changing, a weird right? that is a weird one so that weird, no one right? would believe till yeah. it happens to you. Um, I used to have frequent headaches. Like I would probably have them mm-hmm. weekly, if not daily. I always had like Excedrin migraine on me. I don't get headaches anymore. Like I was cleaning mm-hmm. like my, my nightstand and I noticed that there was an Excedrin migraine in there and it was expired. <laughs> like, so I'm like, okay, we're going to throw that away and yeah. I don't need it. Um, or, you know, when I was in Spain, I had um, jet lag really bad because I was up for 36 hours. So I had a really bad hang uh, or bad headache. And I didn't pack anything because I don't have aches anymore. You know, so yeah. you know, I'm kind of like struggling around, you know, Madrid at midnight trying to find a 24-hour pharmacy because I needed headache medicine because I just don't carry it with me. Anymore. Yeah, I used to carry it in my purse. I always had something in my purse for a headache, and I don't anymore. No, yeah, same I thing. just don't need it. So I used to have rosacea really bad, and it's mm-hmm. like it's completely cleared up. That's completely disappeared. Um, my eyelashes are—they look fake, but they're real. They've grown back, Love it. thicker and longer. Um, the weird one that I never would have looked, but someone on your podcast said it is that my eye, my elbows are nice and smooth. Now I have like the elbows of a toddler Uh scars have started to fade. Like, you know, so I've got one, I cut my hand when I was like in high school 
And that yep, one's starting to phase that. of things are kind of wow. going away. My energy is unbelievable. I have, mm-hmm. you know, there's like kids who are in their twenties that were on this tour that I was on and they're trying to keep up with me. <laughs> you know, like I can go all day. I usually wake up at six and probably one day I want to play a game. Like what time do you naturally wake up? What time are you naturally tired? Because like I can go until 11 at night and I'm good. Like totally well, solid. No, I, see, I, don't I get, get that I get naturally tired. I do get naturally. The sun goes down. Jen goes down. That yeah. is pretty much. And I, <laughs> that's my one true wish. Like I wish that I could do that, but it's like I'm just I've got energy. I wish back. I, but it's I wish not I was like, different there. It's not like a Red Bull five hour energy type thing. It's just like a very consistent high vibration that I'm operating on. So I'd love that. I'm I'm very much whatever the sun is doing. I'm doing all that this morning. Now see now it's starting. It's it's August. The sun mm-hmm. is di- doing a little different now. And yeah, it's rising early, rising later. The sun is rising later. Yeah. And so this morning the sun wasn't up yet, but our cat was. <laughs> he was outside the bedroom. He really wants to go outside first thing. Yeah. He was out there going, row, row. Like, and I'm like, yes, it's, it's time not to get time. up. <laughs> it's still dark anyway. But I got a beautiful sunrise out of it. Yeah, love that. Um, <laughs> so I had the keratosis pilaris on my arms. Mm-hmm. Those little mm-hmm. red bumps. Those yes. disappeared. My mom pooch is almost gone. Like there's a time where I'm just like, maybe I should get like a tummy tuck, but it's just like, there's nothing to grab anymore. It's totally gone love away. It. Right. So I love that. And then this one is kind of sad. And I noticed it when I was in Europe and I was walking around so much, my feet hurt. And like, I had the oh. same shoes that I always use, but it's because my calluses are going away. Like, oh, now that's interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then I, I think that I've been happier than I've ever been. And I think part of that is just being like so comfortable in my skin and so happy about where I am and just happy of where I'm at in my life. And I think a lot of that is because I've, I've stopped fighting my body. Like I love to, that's the, that is the message. Yeah. Stop fighting, fighting your, body. your body. It's yeah. Work with it, work with your body. And also accept that again, that, that false comparison. Mm-hmm. If you think your body is not what it should be, then you're comparing your real body to an image of bodies that are either genetically very, very, you know, I'm going to put blessed in quotation marks, right? Like I sure do wish, I wish, okay. I wish I had been (laughs) born with legs that didn't have cellulite. Boy, do I wish it. Yeah. But that is not the cards I was dealt. I was dealt the cards of cellulite. So here they go. I can't, I can't wish them away. Yeah. I actually made it worse. I've never, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. There was a tool that I saw on Facebook way back years ago and I tried it and I swear it made my cellulite worse. It was supposed to like make really? it better. I wish I'd never, I mean, cause I looked at some photos from when we first got Ellie, our cat and I'm laying there and it was before I had used this tool that was supposed to make your cellulite go away. And I was looking at the back of my thighs and they looked way better. Then I got this tool and I think it made everything saggier and worse. Weird. But I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. And I think like, you know, if it wasn't for the pandemic, because I have naturally like dark brown hair. Yeah. But it's like very gray. And I I started going gray when I was like 18. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, in lockdown for three months, we weren't allowed to color our hair. And I'm like, I'm just doing it. I'm just going to go gray. And I think, you know, I I spend $120 getting it colored every four to six weeks. And then like two weeks later, it'd be sparkly and I'd be doing like the powders and the sprays and stuff, just like always fighting this. Like we must not show that we are aging. And it's like aging is a privilege. So I think like the combination of, of the, of fasting and then the pandemic, I'm just like, I'm not going to fight myself anymore. I'm, I'm not yep. letting myself go. I'm going to let myself be like you, you do what you need to do body. Like, you know what, you know, what's up. I love that so much. And there's so much peace that comes with it. And, and when we're working with our bodies, I mean, our bodies have wanted that all along. Yeah. Yep. And I'm finally listening. 
I love that so much. That's the message I want to get across. But, you know, I also go and I look at, we have a place nearby called Brook Green Gardens, and it's like a sculpture garden, and Mm -hmm. it always has different art installations. But if you go to the sculpture area where they have, like, the naked people in there, you know, the the (laughs) The naked women women. sculptures, right? The women are all, have the pooches, all of them, all those old sculptures from the ages of a beautiful woman's body. I've never once looked at one and the woman had a six-pack. Nope. No. So. Well, it was a sign of wealth. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if you if you have a little extra on you, like you have money to eat food and also you don't have to work. So like the people who are like really lean were kind of like the, the farmers and they were laborers, right? And so the wealthy people, they had a little little junk in the trunk, you know? Absolutely. That that's <laughs> the thing. I think that's how we're supposed to be. So, you know, you mentioned before you love to to hike. What else do yeah. you like to do to move your body? So um, again, single mom. So I love yeah. streaming workouts. So I've used like daily burn fit on Beachbody. Like I, I don't believe in like their nutritional philosophy on Beachbody, but I love their yeah. workout programs, right? So I'm doing something different all the time, like a cardio dance. Uh, I love yoga. I love Pilates. I love to hike. I love to swim. Um, we have a neighborhood pool. So my mom and I invented, um, it's called pool intensity. So it's like high intensity interval <laughs> training in the pool. So, That's so like, fun. <laughs> you could like market that pool intensity. I know. Right. But I just have to figure it out because I have like, I have again, not a science doctor. So I have no credentials to sell this, you know, but it's like, we do like 45 seconds on and like a five second break, but you know, sometimes we have props and sometimes it's just stands. But I, I love to move. And I realized that I I do like to move. I feel better when I'm moving or even like when I'm sick, it used to be just resting, but I'm just like, you know, if I just do like an easy yoga workout, I'm going to feel better. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going to go jump on my rebounder Mm -hmm. a little while later. I finally pulled it out here where I record in my work condo. Mm -hmm. I pulled it out. I had it in the closet and I'm like, I'm just going to put it right here in the living room where I can't help but use it. And I've already been using it a whole lot more, you know, yeah. it might not be pretty, but it sure is. It's fun. I love to jump on it. Fun. Okay. If you don't like exercising, keep doing it until you find something you like, you will find something that you like. And if, if you feel so good once you do it and you're moving regularly that it's like, you're going to want to keep up with it. And I think for I me, love it was the like, yeah, like moving that, removing that boundary of having to go somewhere to work out. So, I mean, I've got like yeah. a good little supply of, of equipment, but that I can do it at home. And it's just kind of excuse proof, you know, like how much time do you waste scrolling social media. Like I could pop on a workout video and do something good for myself and I'm going to feel better. You never regret doing a workout. That is very, very true. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So again, I consult my ledger here is we talked about this is don't make any change that you're not willing to make long-term. So it's like, don't cut anything out. Don't go crazy with, you know, like I'm only going to eat for one hour. Like listen to your body. Right. Oh, go yeah, slow. Don't, do that. <laughs> don't make any changes that you're not willing to stick with long-term. Yeah. Um, the second one is that focus on the length of your window so that you can roll with changes in your schedule. And I think yeah. like there's people who are window people and there's people who are fasting people, but I think, okay, I eat for four hours a day. It doesn't matter when that is. It doesn't matter if it's a little shorter one day and a little longer the other day, like four hours works pretty well for me. Slide it around. Exactly. And be flexible with that, right? Find non-scale ways to measure your progress. And we've, we've talked about this with the scale. It's a measure. It is a measure. And like, I don't have the honesty pants. Like I did get rid of everything that was not a size six. So I only have stuff that fits me. So I think that's another thing is like, get rid of those like low self-esteem clothes, the ones that don't make you feel good about yourself. Like get rid of things that are like, you know, who I used to be, who are you now? What do you want to look like? How do you want to feel? Where are things that make you feel good about yourself? 
I love that so much. I got rid of all the clothes. Again, I've, I've had several purges. One when we moved from Augusta and then when yeah. we sold the big house here and downsized into the, the condo in the house. Um, I got rid of everything that didn't feel good when I was wearing it because maybe mm-hmm. it pinched or it was yeah. itchy or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, yeah. gone. And I also think there's kind of like, okay, if I don't have things that are in a bigger size, then I can't really get to a bigger size. Like That's you kind true. of have to stay yeah. here and keep going down. Then this last one I think is kind of a newer one is like challenge your assumptions. You assume that you're not going to be able to cut out breakfast or whatever it happens to be. You assume that it's going to be difficult to not eat for X hours a day. You assume that you're going to just do this until you get to your goal weight, right? You assume that you can't do one meal a day, right? Challenge those assumptions, test them out, try for yourself, like try before you buy. I love that. I would add one to that. You assume that once you get to goal, you're going to want to have a longer window. Then you're going to get there and you're going to be like, oh, I don't really want to have an eight hour window. I thought I would. Right. Or you (laughs) assume that if you get to a certain weight or size that you're going to be happy, like happiness is an inside job. You have to get there. Like, oh, love it. You know, like, and I think there's a lot of people that kind of get to that weight and they're, they realize that they're not happy. So it's like, make sure that you're doing work like spiritually and emotionally as you're going through that journey and just learn, learn to fall in love with yourself. Happiness is an inside job. That is so true. I love that. Well, Megan, it has Uh, been delightful to talk to you today. I have loved it. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for giving me a platform to talk about it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Enhance your listening experience with Wondry Plus. Enjoy ad-free listening, exclusive content, binges, and more. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts.